The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Sean Defoe, our political correspondent, uh, with me uh, to talk about the fact that uh, the Windsor framework has been agreed, as they're calling it, uh, between the European Union and the United uh, Kingdom on the Northern Ireland Protocol and Northern Ireland's place within the Union, as Rishi Sunak has been talking about it uh, this afternoon, along with Ursula von der Leyen, President of the European Commission. Sean, what more can you tell us? Yeah, that press conference just underway. And as you say, the Northern Ireland Protocol is now becoming the Windsor framework, the greatest international rebranding since Marathon became Snickers. And they're really trying to turn this around and change it up. So a couple of key changes to that agreement. And I think actually the name is, is somewhat significant because obviously Windsor is a lot of ties to UK nationality and nationalism. And, and the Royals, of course, maybe making it a, a little bit more difficult for unionists to say no to a deal entitled the Windsor framework. What is in it? Three main things that are changed from the Northern Ireland protocol. One is a a new way for goods to come from Great Britain into Northern Ireland. That was one of the big complaints obviously of Unius that there were all these checks that were put in place to avoid a hard border on the island of Ireland. Now there will be two different lanes. There's going to be a green lane and a red lane. The green lane will mean no checks and that's on goods coming from Great Britain into Northern Ireland that are staying there and then a red lane with different checks coming from Great Britain that are destined for Ireland or the wider EU single market and the EU is going to have access to real-time data on those different custom things coming in. So that's sort of the agreement they've reached on that. Uh, The UK government is going to take charge again of setting taxes in Northern Ireland, particularly when it comes to VAT and excise duty. And Rishi Sunak mentioned specifically as part of his bid to reduce the cost of a pint. So that could obviously have impacts on us here, people going uh, across border and going up north to shop if the excise and the VAT is a little bit lower. And then this third one that is going to need a bit more teasing out today, and it's called the storm and break. And this is the idea that uh, the, the controversial uh, laws that, that will be in place, I say controversial and controversial to unionists in that they are the laws of the single market that there would be in place in Northern Ireland, the Stormont Assembly is going to have the option effectively to veto any new EU laws on goods and say that, well, actually, we don't want those to apply in Northern Ireland. And in that case, the UK government would step in. That obviously sounds as if it could get particularly uh, messy. So we're going to see, need to see the legal detail on that. Rishi Sunak has been outlining all this at a press conference this just finished. Here's some of what he had to say about what he described as an historic deal. I think today marks a turning point for Northern Ireland. I've spent a lot of time listening to communities there, businesses there, the unionist community as well, understanding their concerns. And I believe that today's framework addresses them. It ensures that we can move goods freely around our UK internal market, it protects Northern Ireland's place in the Union, and it safeguards sovereignty for Northern Ireland's people. But I also recognise that parties and communities across Northern Ireland will want to take the time to consider the detail of what we're announcing today, and we should give them the time and the space to do that, and I fully respect that. But I believe that what we have achieved today is a real breakthrough, and it's now for the parties to consider that and decide themselves how to take it forward and build a better future for people in Northern Ireland. Yes, Rishi Sunak, the UK Prime Minister, speaking in just the last few minutes. Sean, there's a few questions I have for you on on how this might operate, and I appreciate you're only getting the detail as well uh, in the last few minutes. But before we come to them, Ursula von der Leyen was at that press conference as well, the President of the European Commission. What's she been saying? 
Yeah, she was talking a lot of the same the same points that Rishi Sunak was, was making about it being an important deal that fits the needs of both the EU single market, but also of the UK. And in particular, she suggests the issue of the European Court of Justice, which uh, which is jurisdiction has been an issue, particularly for some of the more hardline Brexiteers in Rishi Sunak's own party. And she was asked straight up, how is what, what influence is the European Court of Justice going to have now in Northern Ireland going forward? So the ECJ will have the final say on EU law and single market issues. Um, but we have in this Windsor framework worked hard on the rules that existed before, not only the ECJ on EU law, but also the arbitration panel on not EU laws. And this includes the new storm and break, uh, which is based on the petition of concern that comes from the Good Friday Agreement. So we have built on this peace process the next step We've kind of leveled up or improved um, the overall mechanism. I think important is uh, in our Windsor framework that we are putting also in place several mechanisms that should avoid having to resort to the storm and break, which is an emergency mechanism. So extensive consultations with the UK and Northern Ireland stakeholders on new EU laws, but also consultations of the EU by the UK on UK planned regulatory changes. This is important for us. And uh, with view uh, on Ireland, um, of course, there is, has always been the full commitment and there is the full commitment of the European Union to safeguard the Belfast Good Friday Agreement in all its dimensions. No hard border on the island of Ireland and, of course, that we fully protect the integrity of the EU single market. OK, that was Ursula von der Leyen as well speaking in just the last few minutes. So let's start with that, the storm and break issue, Sean. So, so Northern Ireland remaining part of the single market is what ensures that there is no border, no hard border on the island of Ireland. The storm and break, as you described it, it would suggest, you know, a divergence when it comes to standards between North and South, which in the future might necessitate some sort of checks between North and South. So tell me a little bit more. Do we have any more detail on what this is or how it'll work? Not into the devil of that detail, no. And that's exactly the concern that, that would be raised that, OK, maybe if you had a small bit of divergence on one or two issues that wouldn't arise as a very significant deferral from the rules between the single market and what's happening in Northern Ireland. But as time goes on, if this becomes something that is used regularly, obviously you could see that situation where the the, the scary head of a, of a hard border possibly returns. So all that we know from the press conference is that it will be in the power of the Stormed Assembly to invoke this storm and break, as they are calling it, and basically put the brakes on any EU law that relates uh, to goods or to trade. So the talk of a devil in the detail, I mean, that is going to be one that will be poured over, no doubt, by lawyers on both sides and on all sides of different opinion over the next while to see exactly how far that will go. It does seem to fulfil one of the DUP's seven tests, which was give the people of Northern Ireland a say in making the laws which govern them. Mm. But as you say, if it's you know consistently diverging from the rules in the Republic and the single market, you can see quite easily how problems might crop up. Uh, Ursula von der Leyen, though, in, in her answer, in the clip you just played, the answer to that question, the very first thing she said was the European Court of Justice will have the final say. And that has been a sticking point for the DUP. So to what extent might they look at things like the storm and break and think, uh, this is just a fudge, lads. Ultimately, the problem we had yesterday is the problem we still have today, that in a dispute, the final 
arbitrator is the European Court of Justice. Yeah, but that's exactly where we need to, to see that level of detail because it, what Rishi Sunak suggested was that if the storm and break was applied, uh, the law would be stopped in Northern Ireland and then a certain amount of control would go to London. But obviously, if the EU raises a particular dispute, as you say, that could end up in the European Court of Justice. And if that has final say, we can pretty much determine what way that mm. is going to rule. So you could see it being an issue. And I can see that being something of an issue. Now, look, the DUP, obviously, they're not exactly the first to hop onto an agreement as soon as it's signed. I imagine we won't hear their final opinion for a couple of days. But if you look through all of their different seven asks that they had, that's sort of the sense I get for all of them. And that you can make a very credible argument that all of these needs have met. But when they actually sit down and go through them with the fine tooth comb of what their standards of being met are, I think we might get a kind of a different answer. Yeah. And I guess the issue the DUP might have is once power sharing is back up and running, the overwhelming majority of MLAs are anti-Brexit and would be in favour of this, uh, you know, of, 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 of the status quo as it currently is constituted uh, persisting. So they might find it difficult to apply the storm. They might find it difficult to get a majority of people in the north or MLAs rather in the assembly to apply a storm of breaks. So, I mean, democracy might undermine the DUP's <laughs> ambitions in that regard. That There had been uh, kind of some reporting about a couple of hours ago, Sean, that the DUP were on board uh, uh, and 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 the detail even emerged that you know Sammy Wilson was going to be briefing the media on 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 why they were coming out in support of this that that all seems to have been maybe uh, a bit of putting the cart before the horse I think a little bit premature, always a little bit premature to assume the DUP are going to be on board. But there are certain figures, uh, particularly within Rishi Sunak's party, who do seem to be on board, who might not necessarily uh, have expected it. Uh, you know, the, the Northern Ireland Minister, Steve Baker, for example, who was a hardline Brexiteer uh, all along and earlier said that the Prime Minister was approaching a very, very good deal, certainly indicated that he was going to back it. And if he can get those kind of figures on board, then I think perhaps he will have swayed a majority of opinion in the DUP. And look, there's a sense among people in the Irish government that... Uh, I've been talking to today that largely, look, this is last chance saloon. Everybody wants to move yeah. on from this. Rishi Sunak has put quite a bit of political capital into getting this over the line, given how many of his predecessors have been totally tripped up by it. So if there isn't an agreed agreement today, is there going to be a better option on the table for the DUP? And these well, are all the pressures that will be put on them that they haven't bowed to it. Yeah, I, I mean, the, 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 the other elephant in the room that nobody is talking about uh, uh, officially is that there's a political cost to the DUP uh, signing up to this agreement. And that political cost is that there's a Sinn Féin first minister and a mm. DUP deputy first minister. Um, so whether they can swallow that, I guess we're going to find out, as you say, um, over the next little while. I did notice in that clip you played Rishi Sunak uh, kind of... Uh, really emphasising that he was giving breathing space um, to parties in the north uh, to, to to go through this with a fine-tooth comb uh, before any official reaction. I guess, listen, the, the, the other question I'd have, and, and, and I appreciate, again, you probably don't have the detail on this because nobody has the detail on this, Sean, but uh, products that enter Northern Ireland in the green lane you know, via the trusted trader route, um, because they're not to be uh, passed on or sold or enter uh, the European Union through the 26 counties. Were they then to have value added to them or be processed or fabricated, you know, and then cross the border? What I mean, have they worked out what happens in that regard? Do well, they go into the green to- or the red lane? 
well, there's an element of trust there again, aren't you? You're, you are trusting that if they go into the green lane, they are only going to stay in Northern Ireland. And it is an incredibly porous border, as we know, with how many, about 300 plus different border crossings on it. So you are, there is an element of trust there. There is an element of got that awful phrase that we have had since 2016 of technological solutions to this, that the EU are going to have an eye on what is coming both into Northern Ireland and then through both lanes in the green and red, where there's going to stay in Northern Ireland or turn it up in the Republic. So presumably, if then some of those good were found in the Republic, they could highlight, well, look, there is an issue here. We are finding that stuff going through the green lane is ending up in the single market. But again, that's a lot of the detail that's going to be in this document that we still have to get our hands on and pour over the next few days. All right. Well, listen, we're going to try and get some more uh, answers to these questions uh, throughout the show. We'll be getting the view as well uh, from the North from the main political parties in the North who will have a say. And Henry McKean as well has been pe- speaking to people on the streets of Belfast uh, today to get a sense of, of whether they are relieved at the prospect of no longer having to talk about the protocol. We might be talking about the Windsor framework though for some time to come. Who knows? Sean Defoe, our political correspondent. Sean, thank you very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.